Hello everybody and welcome to episode number 48 of Hooked on Sports here on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Google Podcasts, Copy RSS, Radio, and Overcast. Thank you so very much for joining me today as we go through another truth-filled, action-packed edition of NFL Conversation and NFL Picks. Be sure to hit that subscribe button or follow to get notified of every time I upload a new episode of Hooked on Sports. It will be notified to the public so you'll never miss an episode. During the NFL season, episodes come out twice a week. One is my regular show that comes out on Monday. And then my NFL-related show show that comes out on Wednesdays. Also, make sure to follow me on Twitter at JohnFlynn97 and on Instagram at JFlizzy to get my up-to-date sports takes from the world of sports and... We have a lot to do for this podcast, and we're going to get into the picks and predictions for the 15-game slate of NFL action this week, in week number 5, in the second part of this episode, but I I want to preface three main stories before we get into the, the NFL picks, and I want to get into the Packers and how they took care of business against the Atlanta Falcons. I want to get into names and the MVP conversation and why I'm going to make a case for a quarterback to be the MVP through the first half of the season. But the biggest NFL-related news this week is is regarding the Houston Texans and Billy O'Brien. So, Black Monday arrived early for Bill O'Brien and the Houston Texans this week as owner Cal McNair comes to his senses. About the fall from grace the franchise has gone through the last few years under Billy O'Brien. And you can look at the the gaudy coaching statistics for AFC South crowned in six seasons. But not really significant because Houston never had a first round bye. Two two postseason victories and, and, and a bunch of losses. But at the end of the day, when the expectations are to win multiple playoff games with the talent that they had, especially before Billy O'Brien became the general manager, to, to go far beyond the divisional round and into championship Sunday, I'm a little tad surprised they pulled the plug now after 0-4 and their quarterback being Deshaun Watson. But I am not surprised that Billy O'Brien is an ex-employee of the Houston Texans. And it, it was a combination of everything. Taking too much power as the general manager and as the head coach. And the record as his, the general manager the last 15 months only speaks for itself. They traded two, two first-round picks to the... Miami Dolphins for Kenny Stills and Larry Dunsell. That was a that was a result of poor, of poor scouting and poor evaluation on the Texans' part. They traded Jadavian Clowney to Seattle for a third round pick. That made no sense. They traded DeAndre Hopkins to the Arizona Cardinals for David Johnson and a second round pick and a fourth round pick. That was a fireball offense. 
for Billy O'Brien. And 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 to make things worse, the Texans are 0-4. They don't have a first-round pick next year because of the Laramie Tunsil trade. So that was a hot mess. And then you look at you look at his record as an NFL head coach. That and and and, it, and really and the, the real plug came on Sunday when he stripped a Tim Kelly, the offensive coordinator, or play calling last week. That and 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 much uh, only it was only fitting that the Texans scored three points. Uh, in the first half versus Minnesota on Sunday through 29 minutes and the defense got worse and worse. I'll get into some digits regarding their uh, their rushing, rushing attack and rushing defense in, in just a smidge. The play calling uh, put Deshaun Watson in the harm's way a lot of the time that yet yes the ACL injury he suffered as a rookie was a freak freak injury and the Texans never had a chance to win a football game after that. But, but you also have to factor in that they blew a 24-0 lead in the divisional round of the playoffs against the Kansas City Chiefs. And let alone the quarterback being Patrick Mahomes. You cannot blow a 24-0 lead in the playoffs. Th that is something that derails a fan base and, and, de and derails the mood around the franchise. They haven't even won a game. Uh, since since the debacle on Divisional Sunday. His personality, especially toward the end, didn't bode well with the players, and that was why DeAndre Hopkins requested a trade. And we, 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 we've seen what DeAndre Hopkins has done with the Cardinals, even though the, even, even though the Cardinals haven't been playing great so far, especially the last couple of weeks. But... That the the talent when when the Texans were at their most talented um, two two years ago, that 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 couldn't translate into postseason success, and that was the bottom line. And and you have and you had to figure that you have um, you have a conference that's going to revolve around Baltimore and Kansas City for the next decade. Yeah, you you, you can't you can't be able to uh, uh, ha have the same. It's the same system and expect different results and expect improvements. That that's just not how the way it goes. And that then you look at the 0-4 start this year, and I've been all over it the, during the off season. Went after they made the Hopkins trade during during the season after they lost to Kansas City. Told you the Houston Texans were going to start 0-4. Told you the Minnesota Vikings were going to take care of business against. The Houston Texans, and that was an upset special. That 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 there was an element of surprise. Of I was shocked the Vikings were three and a half point dogs, and that's that said everything about the Texans, and they couldn't run the ball. So so in terms of rushing the ball, they were dead last in rushing. They were thirtieth in yards per carry, and then on the flip side, dead last in rush defense. Twenty fifth out of the thirty two clubs. In yards per carry allowed. Defensively, they were the only team in the NFL that didn't have any takeaways during the first four weeks. And their offensive line was overmatched. I know they were playing defenses like Pittsburgh, Baltimore, Kansas City, but... But but if you if you start the season 0-4, that it, it's not going to build well at, at all. Especially when it comes to that. But the franchise now, how, how does the franchise go from here after hitting rock bottom on Sunday? The biggest question to me for the Texans was, 
how the hell did Daniel O'Brien uh, get so powerful within the Houston Texans organization? And Romeo Cornell the, will take over as the interim coach, and I think that that's the way to go here. But at the end of the season, I expect that there's going to be up to six head coaching vacancies. I think the Lions are going to fire Matt Patricia. The Jets are going to fi fire Adam Gase if, they, if they're awake. The Falcons are going to fire Dan Quinn. I think Jacksonville is going to part ways with Doug Marone. And I think the Bears are going to fire Matt Nagy if the Bears miss the playoffs this season. But you, th there are six head coaching vacancies, and you you can you can look at the talent from all six teams, and you could say the Houston Texans uh, uh, vacancy is the most attractive. So I I'm looking I'm looking at I'm going to be watching Chiefs games with Eric Bieniemy. I'm going to be watching Josh McDaniels and how he runs the offense with and without Cam Newton. But I think I think Eric Bieniemy would would be my number one choice, especially uh, especially to fit the NFL's narrative of of having more head coaches of color um, in the NFL. That that there are many of those in the NFL. So I think Eric Bieniemy going to Houston would make a lot of sense. Yeah, and Eric Bieniemy would get this team buttoned up and ready to go, and week after week, I think I he'd he'd be a good fit for the Texans. I think Josh McDaniels would be a good hire, and I know I I don't say Josh McDaniels just to throw out the name Josh McDaniels, all right? But but now but now that he has a real opportunity open for him to win, because I'm not sure. Um, if McDaniels would take the Jets job because that's how offensive the Jets are, um, it's but but with McDaniels that uh, he he'll have uh, he already has Watson locked up uh, for the long term. There's gonna be more talent around them if they if they hire a real general manager around Watson so he can do some creative things with the offense that he's done over the last several years with the Patriots and I know they I know his quarterback up until the season was Tom Brady but it, even with Watson I think they can do a lot of different things with with the offense and he'd obviously be doing the play calling if he was uh, employed by the Texans but the reality of the situation when it comes to the Houston Texans is that they needed a major shock to their system and what the Texans need to do is they need to bring real stability in the front office. They need real structure and the team to the front office and the team as a whole. And they need a real NFL head coach and a real NFL general manager. Or else the Houston Texans are not winning a championship under that scheme. So that that's about the Houston Texans. Topic number two. How about the Green Bay Packers? The 4-0 Green Bay Packers. And how about the Aaron Rodgers Revenge Tour after the disaster of the draft that the Packers had? Each of the first four weeks of the season, 30 points, zero turnovers each of the first four games of the NFL season. No other team has done that so far. And how about Aaron Rodgers? Look, I want to give you his digits. 11 of 14 uh, uh, in, in, the, in the four games. A 70.5% completion percentage. 1,200 yards passing. 13 touchdowns. Zero interceptions. And... 
he has not produced any turnover worthy plays uh, as uh, with the Packers so far uh, per pro football focus that that's been outstanding but but going into Monday night's game no Aaron Lazard no Devontae Adams no problem 27 of 33 passing 327 yards four touchdowns no interceptions and how about turning Robert Tanyan uh, into Rob Gronkowski last night an undrafted rookie undrafted free agent from Indiana State he played a little bit the, the last couple of years six receptions 98 yards three touchdowns Aaron Rodgers was simply majestic on Monday night against the Falcons and I, I'm, I'm I, I could talk smack about Dan Quinn and the Falcons as, as I've been the entire season so far but I think the Packers need a uh, need to deserve a lot of credit because you look at how they traded up to draft their quarterback of the future in Jordan Love they drafted a backup running back in AJ Dillon in the second round never drafted a first round wide receiver under Aaron Rodgers and how about the defense? I want you, I dare you, to keep talking smack about that Green Bay defense. I want you to keep talking smack about the Green Bay secondary. You you look at what the Packers did last night. They held Calvin Ridley, who, who, who was the best receiver in football going into last night's game. Five targets, zero yards, zero catches. Julio Jones, who, uh, who played in spite of an injury, four catches for 32 yards. I never would have put Julio Jones in that game if, if the Packers uh, were, were superior defensively. But how about up front, too? Zadarius Smith had three sacks on Matt Ryan. The team had four as a whole. They really didn't allow any big plays, although they, they didn't force any turnovers last night. The, the, the Green Bay Packers aren't going to be necessarily known for splash plays on their defense, but this Green Bay defense the last two years has been known for getting the job done. And I think that's a huge credit to the Packers front office and the and, and the Packers approach to, to the draft in 17, 18, and 19. It's a, a, a sacrifice in an early first round pick a couple of years ago to allow the Saints to dra uh, draft up for... I believe it was Davenport. But I've been talking about the Packers the last couple of years, you see. The Green Bay Packers unequivocally have the most underrated defense in the NFL. And they've played like that en route to their 4-0 start. The Packers defense is legit. The Green Bay defense is rebuilt. And I believe it is ready for prime time. And we'll have to see coming off their bye week this week how they play on the road against Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That's going to be a great game. Uh, it's a 425 game on Fox on, on, on Sunday, October 18th. We'll really need to see how, how they hold up against Brady and the Bucks, who are playing real football. And I can't wait to watch Brady go up against the Bears defense on Thursday night. And I can't wait to uh, to uh, for, for that game. That's going to be a fascinating matchup. And I'll get to that in, in a smidge. But to me, at reality, the Green Bay Packers are the best team in the NFC. And the way Aaron Rodgers is playing and the storyline that he's playing under with, with with the lack of respect he's getting from the front office, he has shown time and time again how talented of a quarterback he's been. 
through, through all the majestic moments that Aaron Rodgers has had throughout his entire career, it will go a long way if the Packers go to the Super Bowl this season. So we so we talk about the Packers, we're talking about the Texans, but but I want but there there is a fascinating uh, conversation to be had too about who the NFL MVP should be, but I think by a smidge over Aaron Rodgers, the MVP so far in the NFL, Russell Wilson of the Seattle Seahawks. And let me preface this, but because I did not pick the Seattle Seahawks to make the playoffs, and rightfully because the because I had concerns about their defense, and my concerns about the defense are valid through four weeks because well because I think that. They're, they're not particularly deep, especially without Jamal Adams. But how about these numbers for Russell Wilson? 75% completion percentage, 1,300 yards, 16 touchdowns, 2 interceptions, league high 136.7 passer rating. Seattle has scored 31 plus points each of their first four weeks of the season. All but one, however, were one possession games. But, but his performances, especially against New England and Dallas, really come in. Five touchdowns in each of those two games, uh, thanks to precision passing and, and beautiful dimes to wide receivers left and right. Russ is going to have to be Russ, especially without Jamal Adams on that defense. And I think in order for Seattle to make the playoffs for a second consecutive way, third consecutive year, I think they're going to need to win with the, the one possession games like they've been so far this season. I think it's stunning for Russell Wilson that with the numbers he's had that he's never received an MVP vote, but that's been mainly because of the system that the NFL has in place uh, in terms of voting for the league MVP. But th this is an excellent MVP conversation be between him Aaron Rodgers, also Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills. I, the Bills are going to win the division and make the playoffs. But Patrick Mahomes in, the, in this conversation. I would not bat an eye if I heard some conversation about Alvin Kamara potentially being in the MVP conversation. You know he's definitely going to be in the Offensive Player of the Year conversation with, with, with the way he's filled in without my, with, with the Saints not having Michael Thomas available because of injury but Russell Wilson last year you know, behind Lamar Jackson second best player in the NFL Russell Wilson last year was the second best player in the NFL and to me Russell Wilson puts the MVP and the value of MVP above the others and that's where I think Russell Wilson has the slight edge over Aaron Rodgers You are listening to Hooked on Sports on Spotify, Copy RSS, Radio Public, Overcast, Google Podcasts, Breaker, and Apple Podcasts. Now, back to the show. Here's John Flynn. Alrighty, here we go. This is the part of the podcast where I unveil all of the NFL picks against the spread for the upcoming week as we do every Wednesday here on Hooked on Sports. This is going to be week number five in the National Football League and there are some fascinating matchups and lines to play with this week. But before we get into that, there were two major developments, uh, COVID-related, 
in the NFL this morning. Two more players of the Tennessee Titans. So I'm actually recording this podcast on Wednesday. And this podcast came out on, on Wednesday afternoon this week. There were two more players in the Tennessee Titans to test positive for COVID-19. And that, that the Titans were supposed to go back to the practice facility today to prepare for their scheduled game against the Buffalo Bills on Sunday. We also have uh, Stephon Gilmore, the reigning defensive player of the year, test positive for COVID-19. But it it appears that, uh, according to reports, that Gilmore is asymptomatic. So that's going to be something for the Patriots uh, to uh, to monitor. Also, Also, keep in mind that after the game on Monday, Stephon Gilmore was shaking hands with uh, Kansas City Chiefs quarterback Patrick Mahomes so that that that's going to be something to monitor and I, and there weren't any positive returns this morning uh for from the Kansas City Chiefs but we'll have to monitor how the Chiefs play because the Chiefs uh, have a game on Sunday and then they, they then they play the Bills in Buffalo on a short week and if if that matchup goes I can't wait for that we also have a development in 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 some of the spreads in in these games, and I'll get into that in a little bit. But to my my records last week, straight up. For last week, I was eleven and four overall. I'm forty six sixteen and one. I told you the Minnesota Vikings would take care of business and upset the Houston Texans, as I, as I told you earlier. I had I had the um. Broncos taking down the Jets. I told you the Colts would go go to Chicago and take down the unbeaten Bears. I did miss uh, some games. I I thought the Raiders were going to take down the Bills, but that was an upset special that I, I that didn't deliver for me. I, n- nobody saw the Philadelphia Eagles take down the. San Francisco 49ers. If there was any good news uh, for the NFC East as a whole, that w- that was it. But I want to get into into these games. So last week I was 11 and four. I'm 46, 16 and one against the spread. Last week I was eight, six and one. That the Chargers were underdog by seven and they lost by seven. So that that was a push there. 35 27 and 1 is my overall record of uh, through the first 4 weeks of the season and through the first 63 games. Two teams have already scheduled uh buys this week as per the uh, schedule that came out preseason the Detroit Lions at 1 and 3 and the Green Bay Packers at 4 and 0. So let, let's get into some of these games and some of these lines we're going to play with this week. This is a fascinating matchup uh, to me on Thursday night. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who are, who are flying high offensively the last two weeks. They are favored by four and a half, taking on the Chicago Bears and, and their lethal defense. And... For Tom Brady so far this season, this is the best defense he's seen, and and yet yeah, he didn't play well against New Orleans, but yeah, but he uh, but the Saints defense wasn't particularly talented as we've seen the last few uh, few weeks, but they're playing much better than he did a month ago. But 
Come on, the Bears are in quarterback peril. They have the worst quarterback situation in the league. Nick Foles was dreadful on Sunday. Mitchell Trubisky isn't finding his own way. And we look at the Bears. The 3-0 start's going to look like a fluke. The Bears' schedule's going to get tougher. And we saw how they did against the Colts after beating teams in the in the Lions, Giants, and Falcons that are a combined 1-11. and 11. So I think it's going to be an entertaining game, but I think Tampa, uh, Tampa is going to win this game 24-17. I have Tampa winning and covering. This is going to be a game on Fox. The Arizona Cardinals are on the road for a second consecutive week on the East Coast. They're favored by 7, taking on the New York Football Jets. In, uh, at MetLife Stadium. The Jets coming off an extended week while the Cardinals are, co are coming off uh, consecutive losses to the Lions and the Panthers and I, I, I don't really understand why that was uh, something for the Cardinals to have. That, that, that game is going to be on on Fox and that game is going to be called by Kevin Kugler and Chris Spielman on Fox and the Arizona Cardinals can't lose this game. I mean, you look at the Jets defense, they're dreadful. They've quit on Adam Gase and Greg Williams. The Cardinals have matchups everywhere offensively and defensively. Kyler Murray has to cut down on the turnovers and play like the Kyler Murray he was drafted to be, the number one overall pick. I think the Cardinals roll over the Jets 34-17, to so give me the Cardinals to win and cover. The Buffalo Bills are scheduled to play the Tennessee Titans and if this game goes on this is going to be a great game to be called by Tom McCarthy and Jay Feely on the NFL on CBS and the, these are two teams that I picked to win the division pre uh, their respective divisions preseason but I think there's a game of uncertainty to, due to the Titans positive COVID test but if, if this game is going to be played I think the Titans are going to be too banged up with the uh, with with the COVID outbreak, so I think the Bills they won't overlook this game because I know they have Kansas City next week. I think Buffalo's gonna win thirty to twenty three. So give me the Bills to win and cover. The Atlanta Falcons are at home, favored by two with Chris Myers and Brock Huard on the call, taking on the two and two Carolina Panthers. And hey, look, the Carolina Panthers are coming around and playing hard for Matt Rule and. I said at the start of the season, Pan Panthers are Panthers are going to be a better team this year, better coach, better defense, better future under Matt Rule. And but I can't pick Atlanta on a short week under any circumstance, especially when Dan Quinn is the head coach and the way the Falcons played uh, against the Packers on Monday night. Give me the Panthers in an upset; they'll win this game, 31 to 28. The Baltimore Ravens. With Greg Gumble and Rich Gannon on the call. Favored by 13. Taking on the Cincinnati Bengals. But with, with, with this game being concerned, the Cincinnati Bengals know it's one thing to play Jacksonville. It's another to play the Baltimore Ravens and the roster as it's constructed. And Joe Burrow is going to have some problems against this Ravens defense. The Ravens are going to win this game 30-13. to And they'll cover the spread. This game is going to be... The following game will be called by Andrew Catalan and James Lofton on the NFL on CBS. The 
Houston Texans, their first game without Billy O'Brien, are favored by six, taking on the Jacksonville Jaguars. And and look, I, I had the Texans starting the season 0-4 for the for the aforementioned reasons, but this is the game where Deshaun Watson gets rolling. He's going to distribute the ball to his wide receivers. Jacksonville secondary is tissue paper soft. and They'll they'll target a young back seven and the Texans, with, with the talent they have, are due for their first win. Give me the Texans to win 30-21 to and cover. This game is, is going to be called on Fox by Brandon Galden and Dale Johnston on the NFL on Fox. The LA Rams coming off their win against the Giants. They're favored by eight, taking on Kyle Allen and the Washington football team. This was a developing story out of uh, this morning out of Washington and Ron Rivera that not only was Dwayne Haskins benched, he is now the third string quarterback for the Washington football team as Alex Smith is now the backup quarterback for Washington. But listen, it's going to be part of what Ron Rivera wants as an as, as the coach of the Washington football team that it was the old regime with uh, Jay Gruden and Bruce Allen, uh, the clueless Bruce Allen. I don't know how Washington uh, didn't fire him earlier. The, the Rams know that they can't win big games if they play the way they did against the Giants, especially offensively. And the drop-off the Rams had in offensive production after going from the Bills, where they scored 32 points and almost took down the Bills in Buffalo, to the Giants should have Rams fans nervous. But I think they need to be aggressive against the young defense. They have an offensive line. Washington should get some help back with, with definitely Ruben Foster. But, but we, Chase Young is probably not going to be available um, th this week. But... I can't pick against McVay at this point, but give give me the Rams to win 27 to 20. I'm gonna take Washington with the points. This game is gonna be on CBS with Ian Eagle and Charles Davis. The oh, the LA Raiders are on the road at two and two. They are getting 13 points, taking on the Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs. And look. Kansas City's offense did not play well against Belichick's defense, but the defense without Chris Jones came up big, and yes, they lose that game if Cam Newton didn't come down with the coronavirus. But look, the Raiders' defense hasn't been great, and they've been banged up a little bit, but now their young defense will just be a toy for the Chiefs to exploit. I can't lay the points because it's a, it's a divisional game where the two teams don't like each other. So I'm going to take the Chiefs to win by a touchdown, but I'll take the Raiders with the points. The Pittsburgh Steelers are at home on Fox. That game will be called by Kenny Albert and Jonathan Vilma. The Steelers are favored by seven, taking on the... 1-2-1 one, one, Philadelphia Eagles and the Steelers got an unexpected bye week because of Tennessee's COVID situation. They were scheduled to play Tennessee last week but now they're going to move it to week number 7 and, and, and maneuver some bye weeks around for Pittsburgh, Baltimore, and Tennessee. The, that, but the Eagles defense played well enough to get their first win. But keep in mind, they faced Nicky Mullins. And Mullins got benched for C.J. Beathard. 
and and he and he almost beat him at the end. But th this is th this along with Baltimore are going to be the two best defenses Carson Wentz will see all year. The Steelers have more talent at wide receiver, offensive line, defense. And shockingly, the quarterback, Doug Peterson, has not done a great job as coach this year. Although, I applaud him for being aggressive on fourth down last week. But, this defense against the run is the best through four weeks. The Steelers are going to win this game 24-14. to So, give me the Steelers to win and cover. This was the toughest game of the week for me to pick against the, uh, against the spread. But th this was one of the games that that changed uh, changed spreads within the last 24 hours. The 49ers uh, were were favored by three and a half going into last night. Uh, going into last night. Now this morning they're favored by eight, taking on the. Miami Dolphins and look they're not as new they couldn't win under Nick Mullins. Kyle Shanahan is now 5 and 22 as the Niners coach without Jimmy Garoppolo but word is that Garoppolo should be back to play for this game. I'm gonna pick this game thinking that Garoppolo is going to going to be back in, but th but they're with, they're without three key pieces defensively on injured reserve, and two of them are out for the season. I think the Niners are going to win this game by a touchdown, but give me the Dolphins with the points here. Th this game is scheduled to 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 be to be played on CBS at 4:25. It'll be a Kevin Harlan Trent Green special of the NFL on CBS. The New England Patriots at the at the start of last as of last night the Patriots were favored by eight and a half, but now with Stephon Gilmore testing positive for COVID, that line has been moved down to five. They're taking on the Denver Broncos coming off their win against the Jets last week and extended rest and Cam Newton won't be able to play for the Patriots probably this week either after t testing positive for COVID-19 and test negative twice in a row but it's clear uh, from last week the Patriots can't win big games without him. But they're playing Brett Rippon this week. And if Brett Rippon is the answer in Denver, I'd like to know the question. The Patriots are going to win this game, but 19-17. to So, I'm comfortable taking the Broncos with the points in this particular game. In terms of the straight-up department, this was the single toughest game of the week for me to pick. The Cleveland Browns with Spiro Didis and Adam Archuleta on the call. The Cleveland Browns are at home. They are a two-point underdog taking on the Indianapolis Colts. Both teams have lost uh, lost their Week 1 matchups, but they have since won three in a row. The Colts' defense has been really good for the last three weeks, but the Browns' offense with Odell Beckham Jr. Um, in Cleveland is going to be a difficult matchup in comparison to the last few weeks for for the Colts, so I'm going to take the Browns to win this game by a field goal, and I think the the Browns are going to go to four and one. I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if I see, we see both of these teams play beyond the regular season. This game is the Jim Nance, Tony Momo, Tracy Wolfson special NFL on CBS. The Dallas Cowboys are at home. They're favored by nine and a half. Taking on the Giants, who are 0-4, and look, we, we we can extrapolate the NFC East all we want. The Cowboys, 
uh, that they, they are able to move the ball up and down the field more than uh, more than any other team in the NFL, and that, and rightfully so because of the talent they have with Dak Prescott and his wide receivers with Gallup, Lamb, Amari Cooper, Ezekiel Elliott with the ball, but. The Giants have had, the Giants defense uh, through through the first four weeks of the season. They've been pretty darn good. That uh, that I know we can, we can knack Dave Gettleman on a lot of things, but Blake Martinez and James Bradbury have been the two best players on the Giants defensively this year, and both were Gettleman gets this offseason. So that's something you actually have to give Dave Gettleman credit for. Although I'll never understand some of the things Dave Gettleman has done, but. This is the unstoppable force versus the immovable object. But and you could say it, but, but vice versa between the Dallas's dreadful defense. They were terrible on uh, the last. They've been terrible the last three weeks. They are defunct at the linebacker position. They are defunct at safety. But uh, th this game to me is going to paint a picture on how awful the NFC East has been. So give me the Cowboys to win 34 to 27, but I love taking the Giants with the points in this game. This is the Sunday night football game on NBC. The Seattle Seahawks are at home. They're favored by seven, taking on the Minnesota Vikings. And I think seven points is a is a fair number here because I think. Seattle's been in a lot of one possession games, but I think the the Vikings you know, they're they're they we we saw the how how susceptible they are defensively, and that now there's possibility that doctors are considering having Daniel Hunter sit out the rest of the season because of the herniated disc that's been nailing him so far this season. That's gonna be a that's gonna be a uh, a tough pill to swallow. For uh, for Mike Zimmer's defense, Seattle's favored by seven, but I I think Russell Wilson's got something going on. I think uh, I think this is a game where the where Seattle will have a more comfortable margin. I just don't think Kirk Cousins is ready for prime time just yet, and I know. He, uh, he won a playoff game, and I I don't look good for, at all for taking the Vikings to had to nab one of those three wild card spots in the NFC. I'm going to take Seattle to win 31 to 21, but give me the Seahawks to win and cover. This is the Monday night football game. The New Orleans Saints are favored by seven and a half at the Superdome, taking on the LA Chargers and the Saints offense looked fine without Michael Thomas, but I am concerned about the way the defense uh, uh, played and how they kept Matthew Stafford and the Lions in the game after uh, being explosive with Traquan Smith and the Drew Brees connection to him. But Justin Herbert is going to be a quarterback built for prime time. I think he's going to play well enough for the Chargers to actually give them a chance. But I got to go with the better coach, the better quarterback, better offensive line. You also can't pick against Drew Brees in, a, in Monday Night Home Games. The Saints will go into their Week 6 bye week with a 3-2 and two record. Give me the Saints to win this game 31-20. to 20. So give me the Saints to cover. That's going to do it for this edition of Hooked on Sports, the NFL special 
a, a weekly special, and I look and I'm looking forward to see how I do with these games. And going to uh, going to next week's uh, two episodes with some conversation about the NFL, and, and we'll see where the NFL stands on its on its COVID protocols. Until until next Monday, this is John Flynn saying so long and have a and have a good rest of the day, everybody. Enjoy your weekend. Thank you for listening to this episode of Hooked on Sports. Thank you to Anchor.fm for giving me a platform to produce simulating sports content. And thank you to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Overcast, Radio Public, and Copy RSS for giving me more platforms.